we always know that in there's a really wonderful chapter in the Chaitanya Charitamrita which depicts Lord Chaitanya as a malakara, uh, which means garland maker, but here it means gardener. Uh, 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 and, and he's planting these trees and the trees are giving the fruit of Krishna Prema and the fruit of the harvest is coming and he can't bring in the harvest by himself and he needs people to help him and he's in anxiety, who will help me? Who will help me? And this way you've you got a foretaste of the idea that sooner or later Lord Chaitanya's movement was going to become very, very big. And it was Bhaktivinoda Thakur who really uh, conceived of uh, the possibility of now turning Lord Chaitanya's movement, which uh, at, during his time had a very bad reputation. Uh, uh, sort of, yeah, contemporary with Bhaktivinoda Thakur, there was published in English, uh, in England, uh, Hastings' Dictionary of Religion and Ethics. I think it was called, yes. And there's a little paragraph in there about Chaitanya. So this is around 1900. You know. It says, he introduced a degenerate element into Vaishnavism. Because there were these people, the owls, the bowels, the garamadagaris, the various people who had uh, introduced a sexual element as part of their religious practices, uh, together sometimes with intoxicants also. And that's how it was known. And later on, you know, Ramakrishna also was that kind of a Vaishnava when he claimed he was a Vaishnava. Uh, what was this kind of degenerate? So his Bhaktivinotaku, who was really the first, his introduction to Vaishnavism, he wasn't really raised as a Vaishnava, but his introduction to Vaishnavism was the Kartavajas, another one of these groups. Uh, uh, and gradually he found out what seemed to him to be the actual pure teachings, and he discovered the Bhagavatam through Lord Chaitanya's people and, and, and really uh, appreciated the Bhagavatam and gave a famous English language lecture about the Bhagavatam. And, and, and so it was, he really conceived of Lord Chaitanya's movement as a world religion. And one reason he could do that, he was a, 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 an administrator in the British Raj, Calcutta until 1914 was their headquarters, and he was in one way a world citizen. You know, globalism started a long time ago, it's not a recent phenomenon, but it started in the 15th century, about the time of Lord Chaitanya, actually. Uh, but uh, uh, he, uh, he, he really saw himself as in that way and, and was familiar with uh, the American Unitarian thinkers, uh, Parker, Newman, Emerson. Uh, so he, like, already, you know, he, his, his intellectual horizons were quite, quite sophisticated beyond that of just 
And so he took this, what people thought was a degenerate sort of village religion in Bengal, uh, found out pure practitioners, and then became uh, explaining it to others, people, and trying to get it ready to spread all over the world. That was his vision. And Bhakti Siddhanta understood that, and then really put it into operation. And the whole effort, I mentioned before, uh, I read the harmonist, uh, part of the effort that Bhakti Siddhanta did was to change Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Sajjana Toshi in Bengali language journal into the English language harmonist. Early editions had both English and, and, and Bengali, and then, then it was straight English. And it was their major publication. Ishikant Sanyal was his right-hand assistant uh, for the harmonist. And they were dedicated, their, their, their holy grail was, so to speak, to what they really wanted to get to was to, to, to go overseas. And therefore they started writing in English. And we discussed how they, he worked with Nishikant Sanyal to produce uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, a, a very uh, authoritative English language book uh, that the preachers would take with her, sent people to England. Uh, the missionaries left in 1933 uh, with the idea of establishing a temple. Uh, and, and so that was, that was really his focus for the whole Gaudiya They spread through India very quickly and actually into Burma, if you, you know, outside of India a little bit. And then the next temple was going to be in London. And his plan was to go to England, Bhakti Siddhanta to go to England and then go to America. That was, that was his plan. And he sent the preachers. And he grew disappointed in his preacher there. He recalled Bhan Maharaj. Wouldn't see him back again. Told the Maharaj of Tripura not to give him any money. And actually Bhan Maharaj did 10 years of some kind of penance to Lord Shiva to, because he offended his spiritual master. This is in the records. You can read it. Uh, Prabhupada talked about it. Uh, so that, that it fell apart. Bhakti Siddhanta got very disappointed, recalled him, uh, was going to start over again, but then that was just at the time he left his, 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 his body. And then the whole thing and crashed, and for a long time nothing was happening. Although it's due, Bhakti Maharaj occasionally kept starting going. I mean, in 1972 he was in, uh, in, in, in uh, Canada. And he would go, he would still go to the West and give lectures to learned circles in universities. But there were other people in the Gaudiya Mata who were actually going. There, there were devotees and there was Gaudiya Mata people in, in Sweden and things like that. But Prabhupada is the one that really ignited this huge uh, movement. Uh, so, how did Prabhupada do this and how did he know how to do it? Well, is, I, he, here in, in 1968, so the movement had just begun in America. 1968, it wasn't uh, advanced very much, but he was in, uh, uh, I think it was Los Angeles. Yes, in Los Angeles. 
And it was the disappearance day of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And so Prabhupada is there with a small group of American disciples. And so he's thinking, he says to them, I was born in a different family. My Guru Maharaj was born in a different family. Who knew that I would come to his protection? Who knew that I would come to America? Who knew that you American boys will come to me? These are all Krishna's arrangements. We cannot understand how things are taking place. But then he goes on to tell how it happened. <laughs> he said, in 1936, today's 9th December 1968, that was the day this was that means 32 years ago, in Bombay, I was then doing some business. Because you remember Srila Prabhupada, he had a big family. He had six children. You know, that's six. I mean, who could afford that nowadays, you know? But <laughs> he had six children. And he was maintaining them. And he was a responsible householder. And he became a follower of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And he took a lesser position in this pharmaceutical business. But he stayed a householder so he could, he could maintain his wife and family. Otherwise he would have taken over the whole business. But but he really alienated his wife's and wife's family because he had big prospects of becoming a successor uh, of a day, you know. Uh, but, but instead he just took a distributorship in Allahabad and, uh, you know. But anyway, so he was in Bombay doing business. At that time, I was doing some business. But actually what he was also doing is there was a Bombay Godiamak temple and he was practically the temple president. Now, in the Godiamak, the only people that lived in temples were brahmacharis and sannyasis. Householders were outside. And he was a householder. And he was not regarded as very important. Prabhupada said, at that time I was a rascal householder. Oh, he was not very important. So I was doing some business. All of a sudden, he probably continues, perhaps on this date, sometime between the 9th or 10th December, at that time, Guru Maharaj was indisposed, indisposed means sick. And he was staying at Jagannath Puri on the seashore. He had gotten sick and it was at that time it was a good place to go to recover. The healthy sea breezes and so on. So he had got he was at Puri. Uh, so he was sick and disposed. So I wrote him a letter. And now he quotes, at least from memory, what he said. My dear master, your other disciples, Brahmacharis, householders, uh, excuse me, Brahmacharis sannyasis. They are rendering you direct service. And I am a householder. I cannot live with you. I cannot serve you nicely. 
So I do not know. How can I serve you? So, simply an idea. I was thinking of serving him. How can I serve him seriously? So he expressed his feelings. That these other people, they're doing something to serve you. I don't feel like I'm doing very much. Is there anything I can do to serve you better? So, here are the seeds. The seed from which... All of his kind of grew is in, in this letter. This simply an idea. So he was discontent with his occupation in business. He felt himself incapacitated by the obligations of his ashram. So on an impulse, he says, all of a sudden, an impulse. Prabhupada wrote his Guru Maharaj with a, with a plea, a kind of a cry from the heart. He felt himself locked in a position which made proper service impossible, yet still the desire to do it was there. So he confessed this desire and his frustration to his spiritual master. So now Prabhupada continues in this lecture. So the reply was dated 13th December 1936. He remembers the exact day he got this letter. In that letter he wrote his spiritual master, My dear such and such, I am very glad to receive your letter. I think you should try to push on our movement in English. That This was his writing. And that will do good to you and to the people who will help you. That was his instruction. And then, in 1936, on the 31st of December, that means just after writing this letter, a fortnight before his departure. So just two weeks. And then two weeks later, he leaves his body. He passed away. But I took that order of my spiritual master very seriously. But I did not think that I would have to do such and such a thing. I was at that time a household. But this is the arrangement of Krishna. Remember, he's talking about Krishna's arrangement. This is the arrangement of Krishna. If we strictly try to serve the spiritual master, his order, then Krishna will give us all facility. That is the secret. I, although there was no possibility, I never thought, this is how Prabhupada was speaking, although there was no possibility, I never thought, so here, this order was a startling, unexpected, incongruous, and entirely improbable order. Push on our movement in English. This was, in, in, in fact, the cutting edge of the Gaudiya Mats preaching. Of everything they're doing, this was their main thing. English. It was a well-known order. It wasn't just something he was the only one that heard it. Already conveyed to many leaders, sannyasis and brahmacharis in the Gaudiya Mat. We talked yesterday about how they were spending so much effort to produce this English language book. And, and then 
By this time, 1933, they had sent specially trained preachers, expert in English, to London. And Bhakti Siddhanta by then was disappointed with it. So this was like the big famous order. And then he tells Prabhupada, who's a householder doing business, push on in English, right? He was a householder doing business entangled in domestic and commercial matters. He was helping out the temple as much as he could. As we would say it today, he was a congregational member. Prabhupada confessed that he could not envision any concrete circumstances in which it could be realized. I did not think I'd have to do such and such a thing. You know what? Although there was no possibility, I never thought. These were his words, right? It was like, we used to have this TV show I watched when I was younger called Mission Impossible. <laughs> Your mission, should you choose? Exactly. You know, it was always like impossible. So this is like Mission Impossible. Nevertheless, Prabhupada says he took it very seriously. And at the same time, this is the last direct communication he received from the spiritual master. No further words. He left his body two weeks after that. So that gave it even more weight. And he surely remembered this order, Echo, the request he received on his very first meeting with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Fourteen years earlier, when he was just out of college, he was taken to meet him. And at that time, he told him the same thing. You're a young man, you're, you're the Scottish Church's College, it was an English medium instruction, so he was, you know, some competence in English. Uh, Prabhupada used to be able to quote Wadsworth. I remember this one morning walk where Prabhupada told the, the, the whole plot of a Shakespeare play, Merchant of Venice, and was surprised that none of the devotees knew it. But he knew Merchant of Venice. You know. So he had good education in English, you know. He knew lots of Wadsworth and lots of uh, these uh, romantic uh, 19th century English poets, so like that. So he, so, so he was told already, that was his very first order, preaching English, and then the last order, right? So Prabhupada understood how he must take this order seriously, uh, but he was baffled. How will it happen? As it turned out, it happened by the arrangement of Krishna. But now we have to ask ourselves, what prompts Krishna to make such an arrangement? Okay, it happened by this. I had the order, now there was Krishna's arrangement. What really prompts Krishna to make the arrangement is the seriousness of the disciple. Because Prabhupada said, says in this lecture, Huh? I'm on page 93 in here. Prabhupada said in this lecture, uh, said in this talk, if we strictly try to serve the spiritual master, his order, 
then Krishna will give us all facility. That is the secret. That's what he had said. Then at other places, by the way, Prabhupada said, like talking to Rameshwar in 77, and Allahabad Prabhupada says, I started my activities when I was 70 years old. So they, meaning his godbrothers, thought, this man is a grahasta, he's embarrassed with family life, what'll he do? So he was trying, you know, and they were laughing at him. That was their impression. But I never neglected. Guru Maharaj told me, I was thinking, simply thinking, how to do it, how to do it. That was my thought. But Guru Maharaj was asking me, you give up this, I'll give you the money. Because Prabhupada's plan was doing business, was that I'll have to earn some money to do, go to the West, it's expensive. I think Odi Amat put a lot of money into it. Right? Uh, so I, but Guru Maharaj, was, Guru Maharaj was asking, you give this up, I'll give you the money. That I could not understand. So he was getting his idea from the spiritual master, you know. But I was thinking, the money is required, so let me earn some money. Then I'll begin. So Prabhupada said, that was his first idea. Yeah, I'll go to the West, but I need to make money. But really, I didn't have to do that. And Guru Maharaj said, you give up this money-earning endeavor. You come completely. I'll give you the money. I can understand now. But the desire was there. Therefore, he guided me. Because yeah. uh, Prabhupada said his spiritual master was appearing to him in dreams and telling him to take sannyas. And Prabhupada said, I was horrified. <laughs> Six children. Anyway, so let me go back to the lecture. So now Prabhupada uh, uh, tells him how, what happened. He said, although there was no possibility, I never thought, but I took it little seriously by studying a commentary by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur on the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita there is the verse, Vyavasa Atmika Bhutthir Ekeha Kuru Nandana. In connection with that verse, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives his commentary that we should take up the words for the spiritual master as our life and soul. We should try to carry out the instructions, the specific instructions of the spiritual master very rigidly without caring for our personal benefit or loss. So this is what Prabhupada then said, said in this lecture. So here's the immediate source. He gets this order and then one day he reads Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur. This is a commentary on Bhagavad Gita 241. And this is the key to him that unlocked the order of his spiritual master. It became the foundation of his life and achievement. The only secret, as he put it, the only secret of his success. Again and again, if you read Prabhupada's writings and his teachings, you see he directly and indirectly refers to
to this defining moment of his life. Uh, some examples. For, uh, Prabhupada says uh, in the purport of Bhagavatam 42851, uh, Vishri states in his Bhagavad Gita commentary on the verse Vyavasa Atvika Bhutir, aka Kuru Nandana, that one should serve the words of the spiritual master. The disciple must stick to whatever the spiritual master orders. Simply by following on that line, one sees the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He goes on in his purport, If one sticks to the principle enunciated by the spiritual master, somehow or other he is in association with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Since the Lord is in the heart, he can advise a sincere disciple from within. In conclusion, I'm skipping from this purport around. If a disciple is very serious to execute the mission of the spiritual master, he immediately associates with the Supreme Personality of Godhead by Vani or by Vapu, by personal body or by word. It is this is the only secret of success in seeing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this, Prabhupada again and again recurs to this, this idea. Vishnu Chakravarti said that those who are, if you have, there are many things we do in our lives. You know, we have, we may have, we are devoted, we have a business, we have a family, this other thing. So there's many things. If all of these are equal in our mind, we'll never succeed. This Krishna consciousness has to be the main thing, and whatever else we do, because we may do other things, but they should be in the service of that main thing. Your aim has to be one. You have to be single-minded aid, this fixed direction of intelligence. Your aim is one. So whatever else you do, for that one thing. If it's just, if, if, if you're a devotee and a businessman, and they're equal, you won't be a good devotee. You won't be successful. You have, it has to be businesses for being a devotee. Whatever else I do, it's for the aim of helping that, that thing out. Anyway, that's the point. Uh, so, Prabhupada was granted the realization from this to make that total commitment that whatever may come about it, He's going to make the order of the spiritual master his life and soul. Because of that commitment alone, Krishna brought him to America and gave him success. So he says in Los Angeles, So I tried a little bit in that spirit. So he has given me all facility to serve him. He, he, we, you, it's documented in his book. He thought when he got to America, he meant money to get a temple, because that's what they did in, when they went to London, the temple. He couldn't get any money to get a temple. He didn't have any money. You know, he, he had a few rupees. He, even when he, what was it, 50 rupees or something like that? 40 rupees. That's all the government would let him take out. I mean, he had more, more money, but those days they wouldn't let you bring currency out of India. So he had like 40 rupees, 50 rupees. When he got to America, nobody would change it. 
No bank would give an American money. They literally had no money. So everybody else was giving building them money and this other thing. He didn't. He just came. He got free passage and said, okay, let me go. And he had the books he had translated. So I tried a little bit in that spirit, so he has given me all facility to serve him. Things have come to this stage, that in this old age I have come to your country, and you are also taking the movement, this movement seriously, trying to understand it. We have got some books now, so there's a little foothold for this movement. Then what Prabhupada does, is he now asked his disciples, his own disciples, to do this, make that same commitment to his order that he did to his spiritual master. So he says to them, to us, so on this occasion of my spiritual master's departure, as I am trying to execute his will, Similarly, I shall also request you to execute the same order through my will. The same order. I am an old man. I can also pass away at any moment. That is nature's law. No one can check it. So that is not very astonishing. But my appeal to you on this auspicious day of the departure of my Guru Maharaj, that at least to some extent you have understood the essence of Krishna consciousness movement, you should try to push it on. So this is interesting, I'm giving you the same order, but the order as he got it was preach in English. So Prabhupada says, I'm, try, I'm trying to execute his will. I mean, this is an interesting expression, execute his will. It's a play on words. Of course, it means to carry out the order of somebody. But it's also a formal legal term uh, to refer to the process by which a person's assets become those of her, his heirs. Right? To execute the will. The executors of a will, right? By his commitment to execute Bhakti Siddhanta's will, Srila Prabhupada inherited from him the specific potency to spread Krishna consciousness. On this occasion, Prabhupada is now making his will. I will also request you to execute the same order through my will. I am an old man. By his will, Prabhupada has made us his heirs. He imparts as his legacy the instructions that, if accepted, transfers to us the same potency to deliver people to the shelter of Krishna's feet. I shall also request you to execute the same order through my will. I mean, this is an extraordinary moment we are seeing. It is the act of transmission of spiritual potency by which we can all become empowered just as Srila Prabhupada himself became empowered. You can't think, oh, he's different from me. That's an excuse. 
Because I remember when Prabhupada was traveling in Africa, Chandrasundar was taking down, uh, writing a newsletter, sending out to the temple presidents. And Prabhupada said then, I am one person and see what I have done. And now we are 500. I think it was 502. I don't remember the number now. However many disciples he had. Maybe 200. Uh, Now, each one of you become just like me and imagine what could be accomplished. He said that you become just like me. We're all said, I can't do that. But that wasn't his order, was you become just like me. Empowered means you don't have the power. But you, if, you know, they can be there. So anyway, then Prabhupada goes on to tell us what that same order is. He says, at least to some extent you have understood the essence of Krishna consciousness movement. You should try to push it on. People are suffering from want of this consciousness. Why are people suffering? Ultimately, no Krishna consciousness. They identify with their bodies and minds. What's the mortality rate in America? It's 100%. Everybody dies. Terrorists or no terrorists, whatever, ever mortality rate, 100%. Same as it was in the Middle Ages. Anyway, so Prabhupada says, as we daily pray about devotees, a Vaishnava, a devotee of the Lord, his life is dedicated for the benefit of the people. You know, most of you belong to the Christian community. How Lord Jesus Christ, he said that for your sinful activities, he has sacrificed himself. That is the determination of a devotee of the Lord. They don't care for personal comforts because they love Krishna or God, therefore they love all living entities because all living entities are in relationship to Krishna. If you love Krishna, then you love everything that is in relationship to Krishna. Not for sense gratification, but because they belong to Krishna. It's a different love, it's not selfish. So similarly, you should learn This Krishna Consciousness Movement means to become Vaishnava, that means the body of Krishna, Vishnu, Vaishnava. Vishnu means son of, heir to Vishnu, Vaishnava, Vishnu. It's a patronymic. You know, there's Krita, and the son of Krita, Parta. Arjuna's name. Same rule. So Vaishnava, son of Vishnu, daughter of Vishnu. This Krishna consciousness movement means to become Vaishnava and feel for the suffering humanity. So the order he received in the form of push on our movement in English 
is now retransmitted to us in the form become Vaishnava and feel for suffering humanity. Funny thing, here in 1936, the spiritual master wants him to go to English, England because people are suffering. Everybody in America thinks, oh, those poor Indians, they're suffering. They don't have our modern conveniences. What was about to happen in 1936? Second, Do you know? Second World War. Yes, Second World War. It was brewing up, you know. Three years later, you know, Hitler's armies, you know, spread out across Europe and all hell breaks loose. They were going to suffer. Sixty million people were going to die. That was what was coming. Yeah, we're in an advanced country, right? What we used our advancement for. Atomic bombs, panzer divisions, fast tanks, Messerschmitts, yeah. That's the advancement. So really on an industrial scale, kill 60 million people. Congratulations. So that was, that was Prabhupada's reason how he was able, as a disciple, because he followed the order of his spiritual master, he just did it. At a certain point he realized, I'm old, I'm just not gonna, it's going to happen now or later. He, all by himself, with the whole concerted effort of the uh, Gaudiya Mat did, to try to go to the West, it stopped. He did it all by himself. Uh, did exactly what they wrote a book, books in English, in this case, the Bhagavatam was there. First he started an English language periodical, just like they had done with the Harmonist. He starts back to Godhead magazine, practices his English preaching, and then goes to the West with his books. And then, you know, it's amazing how he, the people, even, there was an idea, by the way, in the Gaudiya Math that, that uh, Krishna consciousness is such a, on a, such a high cultural level, the most intelligent and experienced, you know, level of people, high class people will accept it. And that, that was their aim. When Prabhupada came to America, if you read the, the, the introduction of the first volume of Bhagavatam, he's thinking the same way, that this is something for the intelligent people. But the people that showed up were these kids. You know, they're the hippies. And you, you read Prabhupada's descriptions of hippies, you know, drug addicted, lazy, lying in the streets, unemployed. You know, he wasn't very impressed in many ways. But he was impressed because, you know, I mean, this was the generation that was, like my father was a World War II veteran. He was in the military. Uh, they, you know, fought that fought, and then, you know, America post-war prosperity, and Prophet said to your parents, have given you skyscraper buildings, but you don't care for them. We had everything, you know, all this stuff. Our parents said, you know, they lived through the Depression and were now going to give us everything. 
So he said that one thing you have done is you've understood renunciation. You have everything. And still something is missing. That's why he wanted to take his American disciples to India. Everything you're trying to get there already have and they're looking for what you're giving up. That was, that was part of his strategy. So, uh, uh, so th this way it is, it is Prabhupada uh, 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 tells us how to become a, a, a disciple. Now, this is also, we find out, um, that Prabhupada, when he established ISKCON, we talked about this yesterday, as the founder of Acharya, he is everybody's prominent Siksha guru. Uh, uh, this book says that we revere and learn from the many great Acharyas in our line, yet as ISKCON's founder Acharya, Srila Prabhupada becomes unique among them for us. Unique means only one. Uh, in ISKCON, Prabhupada himself remains present generation after generation as the single prominent Shiksha Guru imminent in the life of each and every ISKCON devotee. A perpetual, indwelling, active, guiding and directing presence. He is thus the soul of ISKCON. I've used that term in this book, the whole GBC has approved of it. This was, you know, it wasn't just the GBC that went through this book with me. It was a lot of big sangha called the sannyasis and, you know, uh, and so I use this term, the soul of Iskar. What does that mean? That we are all, you know, just as the soul, like the moon, you know, we are all the limbs. Prabhupada's the guiding and directing imminent presence. As such, Srila Prabhupada himself continues to act effectively in this world so long as ISKCON continues as the coherent expression and unified instrument of his will. I've been asked why cooperation is so important, especially because it's such a challenge to work together. Because that which makes us the, the, the coherent expression and unified instrument of Srila Prabhupada's will. You know, I can have a stroke someday, and if I have a stroke and only half of my body is working, I can't do as much. If the whole body is working and functioning together, much better. So if we want to be an effective instrument of Prabhupada's will, who has not left ISKCON, he's left our visible world, but ISKCON's, you know, there's another part of ISKCON that's not visible. Because Prabhupada wrote in the letter, we shall have another ISKCON in the spiritual school. <laughs> anyway, so Prabhupada is present. He's the soul of ISKCON, and ISKCON is his body. 
So how do we maintain our connection with Srila Prabhupada in his absence? So I, I bring our attention here on page 47, if you want to find it in the book, where Prabhupada takes advantage of this uh, allegorical instruction uh, where Queen Vaidarbi, uh, uh, this is a Narada Muni is telling King Puranjana this, this allegorical story about the queen whose husband dies. So Prabhupada writes, figuratively, the queen is supposed to be the disciple of the king. Thus, when the mortal body of the spiritual master expires, his disciples should cry exactly as the queen cries when the king leaves his body. However, the disciple and the spiritual master are never separated because the spiritual master always keeps company with the disciple as long as the disciple follows strictly the instructions of the spiritual master. So if we say Prabhupada is our Shiksha Guru, he's everybody's spiritual master. This is called association of Vani, words. Physical presence is called Vapu, means body. As long as the spiritual master is physically present, the disciple should serve the physical body of the spiritual master. And when the spiritual master is no longer physically existing, the disciple should serve the instructions of the spiritual master. And we've just gone through how Prabhupada followed those instructions. So he's speaking by experience here. So in this allegory, in the Bhagavatam, in the fourth canto, the queen makes a funeral pyre to uh, burn the body of her, uh, her husband. And she's going to throw herself on the fire. Her intentions, Prabhupada explains, the meaning of that is her determination, is symbolically her determination to immolate herself on the fire signifies the determination of a disciple to faithfully execute the spiritual master's order. Because that takes determination. Thereupon, when she's about to throw herself on the fire, a learned brahmana appears. And as an old friend, in quotation marks, of the queen, and he begins to console and guide her. Allegorically, Prabhupada explains, the brahmana signifies the super-soul. So Prabhupada continues in his purport to these passages, when one becomes serious to follow the mission of the spiritual master, his resolution is tantamount to seeing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Tantamount to means equivalent to. Same thing as. Uh, 
So when one becomes serious to follow the mission of the spiritual master equals seeing the supreme personality of Godhead. They explain. As explained before, this means meeting the supreme personality of Godhead in the instructions of the spiritual master. This is technically called Vani Seva. Worshipping the Vani. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur states in his Bhagavad Gita commentary to the verse Vyavasa Adnaga Bhutti Ekeha Kuru Nandana Bhagavad Gita 2.41 that one should serve the words of the spiritual master. The disciple must stick to whatever the spiritual master orders. Simply by following on that line, one sees the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In conclusion, if a disciple is very serious to execute the mission of the spiritual master, he associates with the Supreme Personality of Godhead by Vani or Vapu. This is the only secret of success in seeing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So now, Prabhupada later, com now commenting on the next verse, he now explains this relationship between the faithful follower and the spiritual master. And this Prabhupada taught us by his own example. And I certainly hope that all those who are initiating spiritual masters also follow in the same way. Prabhupada writes, One who is sincere and pure gets an opportunity to consult with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his Paramatma feature sitting within everyone's heart. The Paramatma is always the Chaitya Guru, the spiritual master within. There should be no difference between the instruction of the spiritual master as the Chaita Guru and the spiritual master as the initiating and instructing Guru. The Paramatma is always the Chaita Guru, the spiritual master within. He comes before one, that he becomes in front of us, externally as the instructor and initiating spiritual master. The Lord can reside within the heart and he can also come out before a person and give him instructions. Thus the spiritual master is not different from the super soul sitting within the heart. When the Brahmana asked the woman who, who the man lying on the floor was, she answered that he was her spiritual master. And she was perplexed about what to do in his absence. At such time, the super soul immediately appears, provided the devotee is purified in heart by following the directions of the spiritual master. So Prabhupada actually said, you know, I got this order, 
I couldn't imagine what I would have to do next, but I thought, let me take it seriously. And then he began to get instructions and dreams and so on. A sincere devotee who follows the instructions of the spiritual master certainly gets direct instructions from the heart, from the, in the heart, from the supersoul. Thus, a sincere devotee is always helped directly or indirectly by the spiritual master and the supersoul. So, I just mentioned here, we should carefully take note that the presence of Srila Prabhupada in ISKCON is conditional upon one thing, the de dedication of his committed followers to execute his mission. You should have some feeling for suffering humanity. Srila Prabhupada here has revealed to us the secret of success. And we should accept this and treasure this gift. Uh, by the way, I refer to Prabhupada as the soul of Iskha. Uh, uh, and I want to just quote this one thing. When Prabhupada lectured in Caracas, lecturing on the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam in Caracas on February 21st, 1975, Srila Prabhupada used this example. It wasn't his main point, but it's very interesting. So Prabhupada says, So here it is said that the origin is life. Because here it is said, right? This is the first verse of Bhagavatam. That he is, the Lord, is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations and he is independent. Just like, now here's his example, if I am taken as the origin of this Krishna consciousness movement, that means I know everything directly and indirectly of this movement. If I do not know directly and indirectly everything of this movement, then I cannot be called the founding founder Acharya. Is what he says. As soon as the origin becomes a knower, he is life. So therefore, dull matter cannot be the knower of everything. So that was very this idea of being founder Acharya, of knowing everything about this movement directly and indirectly. So if Prabhupada is the soul of Iskhan, the knower, the all-pervading knower, so Iskhan is his body. I try to find, a lot of people have said, devotees have said, uh, Iskhan is my body. So I looked for it. I couldn't find anywhere where he said it. It's repeated in many Vyasa Puja homages and everything. You have said Iskhan is your body, but I, I couldn't find it. Uh, uh, but Prabhupada, uh, uh, this idea of the spiritual incorporation, is there in the harmonist. Uh, for example, when talking about the Gaudiya Mat, the Gaudiya Mat is identical with its founder, Acharya. The associates 
followers and abode of his divine grace are limbs of himself. None of them, none of the limbs, claim to be anything but a fully subordinate limb of this single individual. So that was there in the harmonist written during Bhakti Siddhanta's time as the, the, the whole Gaudiamat is the body of the Lord. And then Prabhupada wrote a letter to uh, his disciple Ray Rama, who was one of the early editors of Back to Godhead magazine. Prabhupada wrote to him, You have very nicely stated that I am your life. This means you are my body. And so neither life nor body can be separated because on the spiritual platform there is no such distinction. On the material platform, sometimes life is separated from body, but on the absolute platform, there is no such distinction. Uh, so for these reasons, I have you know, made this claim that Prabhupada is the soul of Iskand, and as, as long as Iskand maintains its integrity, we are animating, and we have taken up the animating principle of Srila Prabhupada uh, to give, spread, become, what is the order? As simple, become Krishna conscious yourself and give it to others. Now, we have been given instructions to become devotees, to become Krishna conscious, and, and it's very clear what we have to do. Uh, we have to surrender everything. Prabhupada said, follow, chant, very simply, when we take initiation, chant 16 rounds and follow the four regulative principles. So that when we chant 16 rounds a day, that means we have to chant at least on the clearing stage of chanting. That, that is, we should chant when we are initiated with the Hare Krishna mantra, means we are Initiate means you begin. But we take a vow to chant. And to chant every day means we have to chant in a sustainable way. So there's, we are taught there's, the holy name exists in three forms. There's the pure name, the Shudanam, the pure name, which is not different from Krishna. Then there's uh, 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 Nam Aparad, and Nama Abhasa. Uh, the word Abhasa means twilight. The pure name is, is uh, like Abhasa in the morning. The sun is below the horizon, but the sunlight in the sky, that's an example of Abhasa. So when we chant the Hare Krishna mantra, uh, there's three, there can be, if we're committing offenses and not trying to give up those offenses, then that's Namaparad. Prabhupada has said that this Namaparad is the, practically the holy name is no better than letters of the alphabet. The potency is not manifest. As soon as we are chanting while trying to give up offenses, then that is Namabhasa. Now, Namacharya Haridas Thakur says that this Namabhasa, mere Namabhasa, 
destroys all sinful reactions. And the result of Namabasa is one is liberated, mukti. The pure name Krishna Prema gives Krishna Prema. Krishna Prema. But this is just Namabasa. So Namabasa means that you're becoming purified. I mean, there was a controversy when Namacharya said, this is in Chaitanya Charitamrita. They said, well, mere, mere Namabasa gives liberation. The, the example is the dawning light of the sky. So, uh, at, at, at nighttime, the forest is a dangerous place. It's full of robbers, dacoits, as they say in India, uh, highwaymen, wild animals, and then Buddhas, Pratas, ghosts, hobgoblins, demons. You know, it's dangerous. So when the dawning light comes, the forest becomes safe. Just when the light, just the dawning twilight is in the sky, the half-light, twilight means half-light, then the forest is safe. You know, the wild animals go back to their dens and lairs, and the robbers and, and the thieves return to their hideouts, and we all know that Dracula has to go back in his coffin, and the, you know, so it, it becomes safe. You know, so this 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 namabasa is clearing stage of chanting. Now, how do we chant on the clearing stage? If we've been initiated in the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra, we have to chant while trying to avoid offenses. And. In the Harinam Shintamani, we find out that the offense on which all the other offenses grow is inattentiveness while chanting. So when we, when we are chanting, we, sit, we have to start, if you want to start somewhere, that's where you start. Because it's really interesting, like when you're chanting your java, What's before you at that time, your occupation is to give your attention to the holy name. Now I've seen people chanting their rounds while they're watching television, having a conversation with somebody else, you know. I was once standing outside the Los Angeles temple talking to somebody, and I keep hearing this little click, 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 click. Turns out he's got a clicker in his, you know, and he's chanting his rounds while he's talking to me. That's Namaparat. Of course, we discover when we try to focus our attention on the Holy Name, that somehow or other we're Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 like three mantras in, suddenly I'm warning about, you know, I, you know maybe I have to, like, write this email or something. You know, somehow it's gone away. I, I once uh, invited a professor of mine when I was a new devotee to come to the temple and he came and he was chanting in Kirtan and he said after, I said, how'd you like the chanting? He said, it was great, I got so many good ideas. <laughs> well, I couldn't hold him with anything, he was just a visiting professor, but a lot of times, yeah, while I was chanting, I get so many good ideas. When our mind wanders, 
bring it back. It goes away, you bring it back. That's the clearing stage. Because the mind is, you know, it wants to go. It's, it's, it's not, it's, you wander off. It's restless, turbulent. Try to control the wind, huh? So this, we have to, this is where we start. This is our vow to try to chant the holy name, to cultivate the holy name, bring it back. And if we if we do this, we, we really when we chant our rounds, we chant on the clearing platform, we'll find things start to happen. We start to make advancement. And if we're serious in it, about making advancement, we'll somehow know what the next step is. We'll see the next step in the next. And really all you have to worry about is the next step. If you look all the way to what it means to be a pure devotee, you'll be like Srila Prabhupada. I'm horrified. <laughs> I was horrified. Yeah. Whoa. That's what Krishna wants. But you have to take the next step. And, and you will know. So we have, we have gotten these instructions. How to cultivate the holy name. How to become disciples, how to serve the holy name, it's very, very clear. How to dedicate ourselves, how to take that next step in advancing in Krishna consciousness. And, and, and how to be the disciple. And Prabhupada, we can see here from here, you know, just a document how Prabhupada was the disciple. And just by being the disciple, even though in the beginning, you know, I was horrified. I didn't know what to do. I took it seriously. And I tried a little bit in that way. And then he led me one thing to another. And, and I think that Bhakti Siddhanta, or with the same thing, Krishna, used him as an example. He didn't have any assets when he came here. He didn't know what to expect. The people that showed up to help him were not the kind of people he was, he was. But that's who came, so let me try to teach them. And he saw some little spark. And he fanned the spark. And then he was able to, you know, and then they integrated. Let's go, let's start a temple. Mukunda and, and his wife, they were going to go, they said to Prabhupada, we want to go to India. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back, we're going to go to California first. Well, on your way, why don't you stop off in San Francisco and open a temple? Okay, we'll do that. And they had the mantra rock dance, you know, and, uh, and they gathered a few. Why don't you go to England? Oh, okay. So three married couples went to England. And, you know, George, they met the Beatles, and George Harrison, they had gotten Prabhupada's record when they were in America, when he made that record of uh, the happening label of chanting Hare Krishna. And, and, and so they get the devotees to come in and record the Hare Krishna mantra. It becomes the number one song. And then he brings those people to, 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 to India. Yeah, one thing we got leads to another. And the, the arrangement was there. The arrangement is still there. Just take the next step.
Whatever opportunity is there to preach Krishna consciousness, do it. Become Krishna conscious ourselves and give it to others. We sh as devotees, we should have a program to give Krishna consciousness to others, to share it. One, the one meaning of the bhash, the word that bhakti comes from, is to divide or share. You share. And then Krishna will become happy with us and we will become empowered. Empowered means I make myself very small. I am very small. Humility is only realism. But Krishna will use us to pick up us and use us. And we'll be amazed at what we can accomplish. Everybody. It's not that Prabhupada thought himself somebody special. He said, each of you become just like me. Is that mission impossible? No. It can be done. Anyway, Prabhupada is the example of a disciple, and I've tried to show that in here also. How, how that he is our model that we should follow. Some people made the mistake of trying to follow Srila Prabhupada by becoming the guru. No, that's not how you become the guru. You become the disciple. That's the idea. So any questions or comments? Yeah? Maybe there's a microphone we should, maybe some people are... Uh, you mentioned uh, that participant did No, he found... But uh, if I'm not wrong, the president was not. But we looked at looking for Chaitanya Charitam. He couldn't find him in Bengal. Oh, that's right, the Chaitanya Excuse me, yes. He was looking for the Chaitanya Charitam. But the Bhagavatam was also considered disreputable, but people couldn't find him. Because he gave his lecture was on the Bhagavatam. That's right, but he was looking for Chaitanya Charitamrita. It was almost out of print. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was not considered very reputable. And, and, and you know, the, 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 the kind of educated people in Bengal, they were following the West. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I knew more about Shannon Parker and Newman than I knew about my own teachers, you know, these these uh, Unitarian, uh, liberal, uh, Channing and Parker uh, were uh, American thinkers, Emerson, Newman was a British, uh, you, you, these liberal Christian Unitarians, you know, they're trying to demythologize it, later it was called Christianity, right? They yeah, couldn't find Chaitanya Jaratamrita. But that's our approach. Our approach to the Bhagavatam is through Lord Chaitanya. He's what's making Bhagavatam available to us. And that's how we go to we go to Krishna uh, and through through Krishna Lila through Lord, Lord Chaitanya. And also, you mentioned that the Vinod Thakur was not in a Vaishnava, uh, typically not in a born in that because at that time. All the questions of this, he, he did research so much. So I just wanted to speak from that. Uh, so how did he come Krishna consciousness? Means, you know, uh, 
became questioned because he was also not in the yeah, well, he started looking. He was a little bit. The first uh, people that he came into contact with were, were the Kartabajas, who uh, they're listed. You know, he gives that list Owls, Bowls, Garaganagaris, Kartabajas, you know, Saki Begi, you know, whatever, you know, the, these various deviants. He lists them among them. But in his uh, Swalikita Jivana, his, his little. Uh, a memoir of his, of his life, he mentions that he, you know, he appreciated some of it. But apparently when he was in Puri uh, as a deputy magistrate, uh, he started looking around and, and found some, some people who, who introduced him to uh, Lord Chaitanya's teachings more better and, uh, uh, and, and then uh, the, the and of course, he had heard from, you, you know, the, the, the kind of, uh, what were they called? It's got, got off my names now. Uh, the the, the, uh, the kind, kind of people that were teaching Hinduism, uh, like as though it were Unitarian Christianity. Uh, he was familiar with those people. I can't remember the name now. I'm sorry, it's gone all my head. 19th century reformers of Hinduism. I've suppressed the name. Actually, he passed away in Bengal. Actually, it was not the well-educated Bengalism. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, I've forgotten the name too. But he was more familiar with them, and who 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 thought that you know the Bhagavatam was full of discredited mythology and things like that. And, uh, but but he gradually began to appreciate it, and then and then uh, gradually came into contact with with uh, uh, Jagannath Das Babaji and Gorakhshore Das Babaji, who became ultimately his his his, his uh, uh, Shiksha gurus. I found this group of Babajis who were actually very strict followers of Lord Shiva. But I don't know the whole sequence there. Anything else, somebody else? Ramal Hanroy. Ramal. It finally comes slow, but it's there. <laughs> Download speech. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that Sri Prabhupada is the soul of the sun and there are limbs there. So, just as in the body, the heart and the brain are the kind of limbs. So, first of all, I'm a very small person and I'm ignorant in many ways, so I hope my question doesn't sound arrogant, but kind of forgive me. So, my question is do we recognize the primary limbs as the initiative spiritual masters? And if that is so, then uh, in, while bringing up this book, uh, were there any guidelines formulated um, for them to do any specific efforts that they should do, or are there doing any specific efforts to bring the unity in the sky and to prove the preeminence uh, of Shri Prabhupada as the primary spiritual master? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, every uh, 
spiritual master at ISKCON uh, recognizes, you know, the GBC is the ultimate managing authority. This was Prabhupada's desire. Uh, not everybody on the GBC is a spiritual master, and not, not, not every spiritual master is on the GBC. Uh, but we hope there's not any kind of division of, uh, of you know, that we're all cooperating together. Uh, people are individuals, and, and Prabhupada said that, that when the GBC meets together, and we have a our, our, convert, our, our investigation should be concerned with the theme of unity and diversity. Because there, there has to be individuality. Every person has got, got his or her own unique talents and individual. What I can do to serve Krishna will be different from what somebody else. Because we need... See, whenever we change our service, it should always be an increase. It's a mistake to decrease your service. And, and what will increase is what you can do more and more to get involved in that service. And, and it may be, but that should be something that you can do fully for Krishna. Use all your talents and abilities that absorbs you. <laughs> and you'll be guided if you try to increase. But we're individuals. So that individuality has to be there. But at the same time, this principle of unity and diversity, like for example in the realm of aesthetics, if you have a painting that's all unity, it's boring. If it's all diversity, it's chaos. If it's beauty, there's diversity and it somehow is all brought together into a harmonious whole. Uh, so that's true what, 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 with Krishna. You see that unity and diversity is, is the principle. It's actually a way of saying a chincha veda aveda tattva. That there's one and there's difference, but yet they're unified and harmonious. And the unity is all pervasive and diversity it, it brings out the unity. And the unity uh, harmonizes that diversity. So, so he said that that should be the discussion. Unity and diversity. So in our movement we have some people that seem, you know, left wing and some people seem right wing and some people's great. You know, we want, we want all of that. But, 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 but we have to... And we can discuss the, whether there's differences. The people are going to preach in one country and preach in another. It's going to be different. And we shouldn't worry about that. Should, should, if everybody's the same, you know, we'd be zombies. And, and, and so there, there, there has to be, and it will always be dynamic that way. Also, it's good. But the, but but the, but the point is that uh, Prabhupada once said four things to kind of summarize the, this movement. He said, "Preaching is the essence." 
Books are the basis. Utility is the principle that we should use everything in Krishna's service. Purity is the force. So that purity, all these things have to be kept in mind. So we should have a program for preaching. Ideally, every devotee should have a preaching program. I'm doing something to give Krishna consciousness to someone, even if it's my next door neighbor. You know? I have some way to spread Krishna consciousness or to cooperate with others to spread Krishna consciousness in some way. Preaching is the essence. Books are the basis. We have our Krishna conscious literature, which we not only Prophet once complained, he said, you think my books are just for distribution. You're supposed to study them. As we advance in Krishna consciousness, we can also understand what's in Prabhupada's books. And he also gave the order, I was there where he told somebody, you read these books, and you, and you write books about these books. So we want to keep on going. It's not just Prabhupada's book, but books about these books. Uh, so, but books or whatever, you know, that preaching, maybe it won't be, you know, maybe books will come in a electronic form, but it's there. However we, we do it. Utility is the uh, utility is the means you use everything in Krishna's service. That's the idea of utility, and that we can use whether this microphone, this computer, the internet, whatever utility we use it. We take these things that may be made for sense gratification. We use it for Krishna's service, and purity is the force. We don't compromise on our purity. That's that's what he said. That was in Shaima Sundar's newsletter. People complain I can't find it in the database, but that's where it came from. I remember getting it, uh, reading it that way. What else? Uh, you don't mind one more question. Yeah. Uh, about the Kranamantra, like, uh, you know, I feel like the, the few lines of Kranamantra, they are so much deep in their meaning that they bring not only Shatrapazila in, but also Yadrachala. So yesterday you mentioned, but I won't remember exactly if I heard it correctly, that Vitrapad gave that to, to his disciples at the Pranamantra. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't call The, the Pranamantra, did you mention that? My, my ears are a little blocked, I'm still suffering from... What? Yesterday you mentioned about the Pranamantra, uh -huh. that Srila Prabhupada gave and his disciples asked him that in his Yeah. Did Prabhupada give that mantra? Yeah, he, nobody else knew enough Sanskrit or knew how to write one. So he did it himself. I mean, it's a little embarrassing to write your own, you know, Pranam mantra. But it brought up so much humility. Namaste, Saraswate, Dei, Dei, you know. That, 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 that's how he wanted to be remembered and known. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a little trouble when I start to... I, it's a tail end of a, of a flu, I think, a couple of weeks almost. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of questions. Uh, actually, one is what came up when we were responding to the question. Uh, you said that 
the CC gives us access to the blog of Normally we hear that, you know, first comes Gita, then you, you know, progress to Bhagavatam, then CC. But if the CC gives the access, it would seem like that should be first. Uh, I like to see, <laughs> I really like Chaitanya Charitamrita. I mean, they only came, uh, they, they were, the, the, the Bhagavad Gita is, is very accessible, you know, and I, I, I think the basic principles of Krishna consciousness are there in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, this is the order that Prabhupada wrote them, you know, he, he, we had the Bhagavad Gita first, the Bhagavad Bhagavatam was coming out, and then later he did the CC. Um, but, but to me, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it makes that much difference in, in a way. I would always tell people to, to read Bhagavad Gita. But, but, but to me, uh, the, 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 in some ways, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, I mean, you could do all three at once. <laughs> Just do them together, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they're long, you know, I mean, the, the, the commentary. Yeah, yeah, and the commentaries are long, but. but uh, yeah, so they're complimentary. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. And, and of course, you know, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada's purport, he's quoting the Bhagavatam, he's quoting C.C. and then you know, back and forth, you know. But, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, another question I have is um, about the I mean, I, I have to say one thing is the, the, the first canto of the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada wrote that with the idea, I don't know how long I'm going to live. He put as much as he could in that, that first volume, the first canto. And I really think at least there, you know, you really... And I really appreciate the second canto because that was the first Bhagavatam I read when I was becoming a devotee, what was available was the second canto coming out of these single volume, chapter by chapter. And I didn't get to read the first canto until I moved to the temple. We had the original ones that came from India. Those weren't yet edited. So I read it, but I loved that one because it was Prabhupada's unedited voice. And although it wasn't standard English, it was really something came through that got lost, I think, when they corrected the English. <laughs> Normalized the English, by the way. Uh, that, that was my experience. Those first three volumes were really unedited. Yeah, when I, when, I, when I read the first canto, I, when I moved to the temple, the first canto was available in the original volumes that Prabhupada brought with him that he had written in English. And those times they were being edited. 
But what was coming out first was the second canto, being published in one volume paperback each chapter. So before I moved to the temple, I had I was reading the second canto. And then the first canto, I wanted to read that, but that was the... Uh, but it was Prabhupada's voice was so strong. I always recommend that after you've read the, you know, the, the BBT version, if you can, read the original. Just to get an idea of Prabhupada speaks with such feeling. And there's some really interesting prefaces that were not reproduced in this BBT edition. The BBT did book out a, a facsimile copy of a facsimile edition of the first canto. I don't know if it's still available, if they sold out or not, but they printed a facsimile edition of the original first canto of Bhagavatam. If they don't have it for sale anymore, check eBay. You'll pay more, but you can get it. I mean, somebody can scan the thing and, you know, send it out as a PDF. Anybody who wanted to could do that. It's published by the League of Devotees. Pre-Iskar. Yeah, yeah. Unless there's somebody else. I, what time do we have to stop? After my questions. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you, you were saying that um, our empowerment is dependent on our commitment to the spiritual master's instruction. So I was wondering if um, our empowerment is in proportion to our seriousness, not that it's like either we're empowered or not. Yes, this is not an on-off switch, it's a re-estat. Yeah, one last thing is, um, with this last class, with um, Maharaj, you had mentioned that he, he, um, you know, he was recalled by Dr. Siddhartha. And you also mentioned that he was like for 10 years he was like paying penance for the offenses that he committed and he, you know. But he was, I guess, sincere enough to still continue to press on and, and, and went to Canada even. So what was his offense? I don't know exactly what he did. Uh, it's never been described what happened, but Bhakti Siddhanta recalled him, brought him back. Uh, he uh, told the Maharaja Tripura not to give him any more money. When he came back, he wouldn't see him. He referred to him as Banasur. He was very angry at him. Very, very upset. Uh, and he later got Prabhupada very upset because when some of Prabhupada's first disciples came back 
to went to India, he reinitiated them. So Prabhupada was not there is there was across from where our temple is, there was the what was it called? The Institute for Oriental Studies. Yeah? That was what he made, Ban Maharaj. And I heard that I tried to think if it was I think it was repeated to me that it came from Prabhupada that the money that he used to buy that land was originally the money that was supposed to go to a temple in London. I think there was a disagreement between him and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur on preaching strategy. That, at least that was there. That much was there. But he did continue preaching. Uh, but he, I, he was in Canada, and, and then he warned professors against ISKCON. <laughs> so he was, you know, it was always a little bit of a touchy relationship. And so Prabhupada was not very fond of him either. But he also, you know, Prabhupada, you know, was generous also. They're all preaching, they're doing something, he didn't give up. But the idea of cooperation, although Prabhupada kept trying, there's some documentation of even in his last days he was making provisions to try to help God brothers out and so on. So some, in one place in the Chaitanya Charitamrita report, he calls them useless asara. But on the other hand, when some of us, some of my God brothers were saying bad things, he said, no, all my God brothers are going back to Godhead. So he, you know, yeah, I, can, I would have to say that Prabhupada's attitude toward many of his God, there was, wasn't the same. I know he... You know, like Sridhar Maharaj very much, but also he had some, became disappointed in him in some ways. So I best say he had mixed feelings about them. But definitely he didn't want, you know, he said they, they, they didn't form a GBC. They set up two rival Acharyas. They went to the to court against each other. And gradually, you know, what happened, the history will eventually be written about. We'll find out more and more if you want to know that stuff. Yeah. I could tell you things about Islam that I'm never going to tell anybody. One person, you mentioned long ago, back to Godhead, that in Delhi, Ishikumar went through how once? One, he went to an astrologer. And you went to, you were in Delhi, and you went to an astrologer, and with Ishikumar, he gave that founding time and day to see what's the future yeah. of Ishikumar. 
Can you tell us? He said he's going to become very powerful. That's what the astrologer said. Yeah. It's going to become very powerful. I don't know how soon. You know, I, I have to say, Prabhupada publicly chastised, criticizes himself. I was told to preach in the West as a young man. And I was so entangled with household life, I couldn't do anything until my old age. He says this to public. I mean, he probably is a very humble person. Uh, but, and, 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 but on the other hand, Prabhupada came at the right time. I mean, Krishna's in charge of timing. The Gaudiya Mata came to Germany in 1933, the same year that Hitler came to power. There had to be a pause for World War II. If Prabhupada had come earlier in the 50s, I can't imagine. I mean, just, you know. So Krishna is sometimes in charge of timing. You don't know what will bear fruit and what won't bear fruit. All we can do is take what we are, are, are able now to do and try to improve it. Don't waste time. Prabhupada said this, don't waste time. Don't waste time. And every, always try to increase and improve our service. Take what we're doing now, the chanting rounds or whatever service is, and try to do it better. What? I was there in the 50s. <laughs> it required some, it really did require some people who, it required first of all, a time of economic prosperity. None of us worried much about money. Today, if you try to get people to become a devotee, there's so much worry. You know, we just dropped out and didn't think about the future. And one thing was, at least in my mind as I look back on it, you know, there was so much money around in those days that people didn't worry about it. Nowadays, everyone's so worried about their future, you drop out of school and you're a disaster. You know, but then there was already a message in the counterculture, turn in, turn on, drop out. <laughs> That was Tim Leary's message, and most of the counterculture was following him. And that first little pamphlet we passed out said, Stay high forever. No more come down. Uh, you know, because the, the original social location of the Krishna consciousness movement was the counterculture of the 60s. And, and, and there were just people who were really searching, who were very discontent with a materialistic future, who wanted something else, and there were just accessible people. That counterculture died out, but then people from India started showing up. There was another social group. New religious movements tend to spread through social locations. I, I, I saw devotees chanting on, on a college campus. 
I got a book, but I don't think I ever would have gone into temp uh, to a temple if some friend of mine from college didn't call up and say, "Hey, man, there's this far-out love feast. You gotta come." Because I saw the devotees; they were so weird. You know, I thought, "My God, I'll never do something like that." <laughs> I wasn't entirely a hippie, I was a graduate student. I mean, you know, in the graduate school they thought I was a hippie, but all my hippie friends thought I was a graduate student. Sort of on the borderline. But anyway, you know, so I went to a temple because a friend said, usually you come to a temple because you know somebody who brings you Anyway, that's. But we just take what we are now and try to find a way to increase Krishna consciousness. If we're ready to give it, people, Krishna will send it. We're dealing with Krishna. Did you say that we needed economic prosperity? That's why well, at one point, people didn't worry. People are a little, now they're very, very worried economically because the country. You know, but that helped. I think it really helped that that at those days there were a whole lot of people who weren't worried about working so much. So they had time. They had time. They weren't so worried. There was money flowing around. Somehow it was easy to come by. The minimum wage was enough to live on. Right now, increases in wages has not taken, kept up with inflation even. But then, I, mean, I, I just, it helped. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I think if some professor of religious studies is going to talk about how it happened, that would be one of the things that made the 60s open to experimentation and lifestyle. People were trying all kinds of different things. And a lot of the stuff that we did in ISKCON, you know, like being a vegetarian, I mean, people thought you were going to die if you were going to not eat meat. And then, but now, you know, it's normal. When I, when I started becoming a vegetarian, my mother, who was a registered nurse, thought I would die. Years later, she says, oh, your diet is so healthy. (laughs) What changed? Not us. They did. People have come a long way in our direction. Many of the things we're doing, the word mantra is an English word. Yoga is an English word. Avatar is an English word. You know, these things, things are changing. We'll see what, what Krishna wants next. Just be ready to find out what it is. We have to say to Krishna, what do you want me to do? That's our question. What do you want me to do? And be ready to do it. He'll tell you. If I say to Krishna, what do you want me to do? And he shows me and I do something else, then he'll stop showing. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should stop now. Thank you very much.